Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. So friends, we are back and I could not be more excited to dive into the deep waters to discuss our second episode about porn and how it affects dating because it absolutely positively does. If you missed last week, definitely go back and listen to that episode because we get into it about the science behind porn and some staggering statistics. It's heartbreaking. It's super eye-opening, but also it's encouraging all at the same time. Today, we talk again with Clay Olson, the president and co-founder of Fight the New Drug. And some highlights from last episode include that porn is affecting a vast amount of people, including over 30% of women. It affects what we love, how much we love, what we think about those we love, and who we love. I actually love that their tagline at Fight the New Drug is porn kills love because it can have incredibly damaging consequences on your life and relationships. But Clay also provided us so much hope that he has seen so many individuals conquer their addictions. These episodes are meant to open your eyes to the staggering effects of porn, inspire encouragement and support for those of you who are struggling, and finally provide hope that this can be conquered. So let's talk today about how porn can affect dating relationships and how we can properly navigate that. Okay, Clay, so I want to switch paces for just a minute here. Um, now that we have discussed and have a really good comprehensive view of porn and the science behind it and how vastly it affects people, I want to just switch really quickly um, to talk now about really diving into porn and dating. I've found that there's quite a hesitation when it comes to discussing porn in relationships. And um, it comes up, obviously, we know too in marriages, but this I do want to talk specifically how it can affect people in dating relationships. So there is no question that porn affects people and that it affects dating relationships. You kind of talked us through in the last episode of how it really affects how we view love and that porn can kill love. So if someone is listening and they're struggling with porn, does it mean that you should avoid dating? So what should we do in that situation if someone is struggling with porn right now? So not the um, not the partner, but the individual struggling. Should they avoid dating if they yeah. do porn? No. Like it, it should they or... When do you know, I guess, that your mind and heart are ready to date during this process of potential recovery? Well, um, so let's assume that this individual who's struggling is um, desirous to maybe distance themselves from pornography. They're trying and they're working to get over pornography. They shouldn't stop dating. Uh, yeah. They, they uh, at all, uh, you know, they, they need to develop healthy relationships with 
um, with individuals and with the opposite gender and, uh, they need to, to, to dive into, uh, relationships. However, however, they need to be honest with not only themselves, but, but those that they are dating, especially if things start to get, uh, serious, they need to, um, be forthright and, and, and honest about their, their process of recovery. Uh, and, and as we are collectively more educated, uh, both the, uh, the individuals that are struggling themselves and those that might be dating or desiring a relationship with those that struggle, um, that, uh, uh, there's a, a, a grander acknowledgement and understanding on this issue so that as we open up and say, Hey, this is something I'm, I'm dealing with and I, I'm, I'm really working toward it and whatnot. That, that it isn't an immediate or a kind of a, a black or white, uh, you know, run for the hills, this can't continue approach. But, yeah. like, uh, okay, uh, thank you. That, that That's fair that you bring this up, and, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up. And and now kind of doing a self-assessment for, for the other person saying, is this something that I can kind of help them with? Can I work mm-hmm. with that? And it's a two-way street. Yeah. And there isn't a... a and, and there isn't a wrong answer. If that individual is not ready and saying, you know, I'm too fragile right now based on my previous relationship. I just can't go down that road with you, but I wish you all the best. That's, mm-hmm. that's fair. And they can make that call and they're not a bad person for making that call. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also want to acknowledge that the individual that says, you know what? Um, okay. Uh, I see that your heart's in the right place and you're working towards this. And I, and I, uh, and I understand that this is an issue that is impacting so many others. And this idea, this notion that I'm going to find somebody that's never struggled with pornography is it's kind of this unicorn that, that, that is unrealistic to, uh, to yeah. discover. Um, and, and kind of being realistic with the fact that like, uh, you know, anyway, if they feel like they're strong enough to, to go down that path, I want mm-hmm. to tell those individuals as well as the person that's struggling that, we have seen so many couples that, that, that have encountered this in their relationship reach long lasting and strong, vibrant healing from this. Yeah. That it is so possible that just because somebody struggles with this doesn't a mean that they'll always struggle with this for the rest of their life. And this is going to be your life too. Yeah. And that it doesn't mean that they're a bad person and that mm-hmm. they're in some way thought of the pedestal that you had them on. Um, this, uh, you know, doesn't mean that they need to shatter onto the ground and, you know, everything's, uh, you know, your whole world is, is, uh, no longer the same. Uh, you know, that, that, that we have seen couples, powerful couples connect in stronger ways and in many ways have, have come out of the other end stronger mm-hmm. for it. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to make sure people understand when it comes to dating, um, there are red flags with this, mm-hmm. uh, abusive mm-hmm. flags, things that they yeah. be aware of and they should, and that warrant, um, uh, you know, serious consideration uh, of ending that relationship. Right. But it really, for me, uh, it really hinges on that individual, uh, uh, you know, their desire for change, their sincere desire for change yeah. and their, and, and kind of, um, them manifesting it to you that they are, they are willing to progress and they are in the right direction. Those individuals are the ones that we see real powerful success uh, and down the road. So let's take the scenario that someone 
is admitting that they have struggled with porn or that they do have a porn addiction and you are on the receiving end of that information, how does that person in a healthy ways from your experience um, respond in a way that doesn't produce shame, even though it may make the person uncomfortable? And I just want to say very candidly that even on a personal level for me, I've been in relationships where this con- this has come up. And in the past, when I had no education on the subject, it's been hard for me to resist wanting to go to the tendency of like, oh, how dare you? Or really? You know, and those judgmental kind of tones and and statements and accusations almost. And it's it's hard to not go there. And I've personally been in situations where I unfortunately have, and I've learned a lot through that. But um, that those are the responses that people are still having. And I think when you enter into a relationship on either side, there's some level of hesitancy of like, ooh, are we going to talk about the subject and how do I respond if that person does admit that they have a struggle with porn? Uh, yeah. I think that um, individuals need to understand oftentimes, most often, in fact, Mm -hmm. that when, uh, let's, you know, say you're dating somebody and they come forward and they talk to you about their struggle with pornography, Mm -hmm. there's a few things to recognize in that situation. A, that struggle with pornography in almost every case started way before they met you. Right. Uh, you know, in their adolescence at a young age and that kind of that conditioning, that, um, that, uh, pattern of, of, uh, use and that, uh, overtime compulsion toward this yeah. was developed prior to you. And so it's not uh, oftentimes they want to say, Oh, it's because of me. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not giving him what he needs. I, I'm not vacations. Mm-hmm. If only I were to do this, maybe he wouldn't. These kind of things, and that's that's kind of dangerous territory to get into. Often, yeah. often they start well before you, and and that you're not to blame. Yeah. The second thing is that uh, I, people we want people to understand is that the more we understand, uh, again, back to uh, recognizing just the vast issue, mm-hmm. the vast scale of this issue, as well as. Um, the neurological uh, kind of challenge that people might face with this, that there is a level of kind of uh, understanding uh, yeah. and and uh, and kind of recognition that uh, that you know some previous um, stereotypes might need to be pushed out and say, okay, this is this is something I had to redefine my understanding on this issue, and and therefore. I can deal with this in a more healthy uh, way. And then the third thing I want to bring up is the fact that um, the, if they do uh, open up to you, that's huge. Let's acknowledge yeah. that. Let's acknowledge that yeah. if they come to you and say, look, I need to talk to you. Um, you may not want to me. I want to see this relationship mm-hmm. continue. And you've got to know um, something about me. And you've got to know that I have been struggling with this since I was a young kid or whatever that, that conversation looks like. That's, that's really, you know, I, I just want to kind of, that's a really hard thing to do. Uh, most people want to just bury it and it, and, and it's not, that, that doesn't make them a bad person, but it's like this self-preservation thing. They want to bury it. They don't want anyone to know. And they want to f- say, oh, let me get a hold of this. I'll get, I'll get a handle on this. Uh, and then I'll come back and say, oh, I used to. Uh, or it, it's, I'm no longer, I'm in a good place right now. It's been 30 days or it's been, but, but I think that there is a level of vulnerability as Brene would talk about and others is, is empowering and, and is super, 
uh, motivating to, to that individual to, to just like be honest with where they're at. So acknowledging that if they do mm, thanking them in a way, yeah, right? Like thank just you. Thank you for the honesty. Yeah. Thank you. And the bravery it, it, it took to be honest about this. Cause I know that must've been a struggle for you. And I know it must been, must be difficult for you to even share that with me right now. And you know, some, mm-hmm. yeah. And for many people, that type of vulnerability, whether it's this issue or other issues can even bring you closer together rather than yeah. further apart. It can actually say, you know what, you've shared something very, very tight to your chest that you don't share with many people. And it's a struggle for you. And because I love you and because I, I see that your heart is in the place of wanting to get over this, I, this is drawing me closer to you um, to help you to be part of your team for some. And again, that's a two-way street. And if that individual isn't prepared for that, it doesn't make them a bad person either, but uh, uh, it, it can bring people closer together. And we talk mm. about this when we talk about kind of that, that disclosure dialogue conversation mm. that you can't, you can't control how they respond. And so mm. don't hinge whether you should or shouldn't have uh, brought that up based on how they respond. For instance, if they respond poorly, and they do respond with, uh, uh, you know, wanting to end and I can't believe and whatever that yeah. changed the fact that you, that for your own recovery, that is what you need to do for your, the of your recovery and to be honest and vulnerable. And if that's the way that they responded, perhaps that relationship needs, uh, uh, you know, isn't where it needed to be to continue through these touches that you're facing in life. Um, and so, we, we always say you can't control how they respond, but you can control your approach to it. Um, being listening to their, their pain, if they bring up pain and that's hurt them, it feels like you've cheated on me to not try to be defensive, but to be, to really hear them and listen to them and, and, and really kind of try to address this as a team rather than opposing forces. Yeah, that's so good. And to separate the addict from their behavior so it's not, it's not them that's, it, yes, there, it's that's that behavior. So and so you can link arms together with the, the person struggling to say, okay, this is what we're dealing with together. How can we do this? What kind of accountability tools can we implement? What kind of dialogue yeah. and kind of signals can I text you if I'm struggling or vulnerable? How can I let you know that I need help in these moments? And, and how can you let me know when you feel hurt or undermined or whatnot? So, um, I think there's a lot of healthy conversation that can occur uh, as people are vulnerable. And you just brought this up too, but in relationships, it does get brought up quite often where sometimes people equate porn to adultery in a way. And so what are your thoughts on that being maybe a little bit problematic, a, a touch problematic in the way we we kind of always make that, not always, but frequently make that assumption. Yeah, I think it is um, problematic to equate pornography to uh, adultery. I, I I totally understand. I'm not not minimizing the um, the the emotion uh, and the hurt feelings of the partner um, and how it can hurt. They can feel like, look, you have been seeking out um, uh, sexuality and pleasure, something that's so intimate, so um, reserved for you know you know special relationships, um, and, and that you have been uh, you know seeking that out elsewhere and maybe for many years and for a long time. And, and, and that can feel incredibly, you know, heavy on one's chest. And so I don't want to minimize that, but equating it to adultery, um, or equating to like a, a full fledged affair, uh, is problematic in the fact that, um, 
uh, it, it is so accessible. It is so uh, available, and it, it, you don't seek it out; it comes and finds you. And and it, and it is so accepted as a society that uh, for an individual who is just living their life in a relationship and has that relationship, um, a, a we have these biological interests in, in 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 sexual drive. We have a society that is screaming at us to sexualize everything. And mm-hmm. we have a product that is walking around with us uh, at anywhere we go at the click of a finger. And that combination uh, makes it so incredibly easy to step over that line. Mm. As opposed to the uh, what it would require to, to actually seek out a relationship um, and, 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 you know, uh, develop a relationship and seek out and have a, uh, an affair uh, with an individual uh, that, that could develop into a long lasting actual relationship. Um, you know, they are different. I understand the similarities and I understand the hurt that one might feel, but we need to, uh, but, but, but equating it to adultery, here's where that starts to really manifest challenge. When these person struggling opens themselves up and says this, or they get caught, uh, 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 say, okay, it's true. I've been struggling with this as so many others do. doesn't make it right, but as so many others do, I've been struggling with this. Um, And that individual, if they've equated it to adultery or that type of level of affair, oh, uh, it, 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 uh, for both parties can be, almost irreconcilable. It can be such devastation to that relationship that it it, uh, perhaps could not survive under that weight, under that, uh, under that, uh, that expectation that's been set forth. So because of that, then it makes it hard to be able to move forward and be able to heal from it. If it is equated to that level of, of betrayal, because it makes it like more grounds for thinking, okay, well, this is an irreconcilable difference or we are not going to get through this or I'm so betrayed and hurt that we cannot move forward, which I tend to not even, I think that there can be so much healing found even in the case of when an affair actually happens, but that can often be a reason if people equate it to that level of betrayal, it could be super detrimental for forever being able to move forward um, and for actually being able to see it and say, okay, we've recognized that this is happening or this is a frequent pattern. How do we actually seek help properly so that we can reconcile this relationship? Or if you're in a marriage, of course, reconcile the marriage. So that is a beautiful answer to that question. I think it's so helpful for us to hear, um, even for me on my level, because I think there were times back previously in my life where I did say things or I did think of it in that way. And I think that in what I've learned through the years, it's been so helpful to kind of open my eyes to um, the weight of thinking of it as that kind of a betrayal and just having so much more grace and, yeah. and again, not shaming the person through it um, and also seeing and recognizing the beauty of vulnerability when someone can admit that they do have a problem. Yeah. So in, in taking... Let me add yeah, real quick yeah. say that, uh, you know, we hear all the time uh, mm-hmm. where uh, somebody will enter into a relationship and early on the female... Uh, and and, it, and we've heard it more often from that point of view, but it can happen both ways. Uh, but the, the the female will kind of tell the the guy that they're dating and say, "Look, um, either because of, of previous 
pain that I've experienced in my life or just because I'm more aware of this issue. If you ever struggle with pornography, this relationship, if you ever view pornography, this relationship is over. We've heard that before. And so what yeah. if you tell the guy? The guy may or may not be struggling at that time. And they may say, okay, ooh, geez, okay, I understand the boundaries. You let me know. I get it. And they enter into that because they love that person. But now when that moment that they did slip or they did you know, have a moment of weakness and they were tired, yeah. like whatever, how, how could they open up to that person? How, based on the kind of the, the way that they presented that initial message, how could you come to that person and say, I know you said that if we, if you, if I ever viewed pornography or ever struggled with this, that you would leave me. And last night it happened. Like that's not a healthy environment for that individual to feel that is a safe, uh, you know, safe conversation to have. They, they won't. So what happens mm. is they bury it. And then they struggle again. And once they've struggled a few times, they feel like, well, now it's happened. So, you know, now it's like, take it to my grave. Uh, or, uh, you know, so I might as well keep doing it or I might yeah. kind of maintain this second life over here and mm. never talk about it with that person and never try to overcome it with them because I know what will happen. And I'll just mm. take this to my grave. It, it's a very kind of challenging situation and very toxic. Uh, and, and it really perpetuates the secrecy, perpetuates the shame, and it really stunts any sort of honesty and, and vulnerability. So I think a better reaction, a better uh, uh, conversation to have is like, look, I want you to know that I don't, I'm not comfortable with with uh, my partner or the person I'm dating or the person I'm married to eventually. I'm not comfortable with pornography in a relationship. And I want you to know that if that is a struggle or if that becomes a struggle, that uh, you can talk to me and that we can work through this, mm. that we will work through this together. Um, because, uh, and, and talk to me sooner before it gets to be too big of a struggle because I, I, I don't want that in our, uh, our relationship. And mm-hmm. uh, what that tells that that's a different message that then tells a person, okay, I get the boundary. I get what I, what that she is, uh, okay with and what she's not okay with. Yeah. And I also had a window of, of compassion to say, if it does become a struggle, I can come to them. So the very first time, rather than the 150th time or the 10,000th time, I can come to that person and say, okay, I, I have to say this. And, and I, and I know it's a safe environment to like really, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's an easier time to overcome than waiting till the 10,000th time. Yeah. And just as you're talking and saying all of that, it, if the, someone has a, the reaction that of the more betrayal and, and all of that, a very deep um, reaction of that, it really, it instills a level of fear, I assume, too, in the other person, a level of fear of like, oh, okay, I, I don't, I'm now I'm afraid to tell them the truth. Yeah. And it just perpetuates them into potentially this pattern of maybe even lying or keeping it from them um, versus like, you know, think about it as a child. I just assume, you know, if you're a child and your parent just always is like, like never do that again or else this, you know, you are going to probably never tell them if you do mess up versus if your parent comes towards you and says, Hey, I, you know, I know you did this, but I love you. It's not right, but I love you anyways. And we're going to work through this and, you know, gives you ways to let you know that they're there to love and support you. You're going to come probably be way more willing as a child to come back and be like, mom, dad, this is what happened again. I'm so sorry with tears in their eyes, you know, and it's the same thing. Like people don't respond to fear. Well, they, they respond to love. Well, you know, if they know they're going to be loved and accepted, that's how we kind of have to treat this, I think. Yes. And Amen. it's hard to not have the, it's not, it's hard to not have that reactionary response sometimes, but it is. 
But yeah, uh, that's so true. Everything you just said, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Just coming at them with love. So if we've established that this is a problem in the relationship, if someone is in it and one of the one of the individuals is having a, a struggle with pornography, um, what are healthy practical steps both people can take to kind of work through that together? Like the person struggling with porn, what can they actively do to start um, helping, keeping them accountable to, to help fight this? And what can the other person do to help support them and also talk not only with them, but I'm assuming also talking, get a community with other people to, to speak about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, so what are some solutions, right? Uh, how yeah. can I do this? So I think that it's important to know that there are solutions. Just, you know, maybe yeah. people are unaware that, that this is something that a lot of other people are dealing with. And so the social yeah. can develop. Uh, so I would say that uh, not only are uh, is there kind of the more traditional uh, um, and, and oftentimes very powerful therapy, right? People that, that specialize in this, that can help individuals overcome this. Um, you know, either through group meetings, um, uh, which can be 12 step based or, or accountability based or however based, um, and, and one-on-one therapy, uh, those, the, the, the spouses that might, or the, the partners that might, uh, be dealing with some level of betrayal trauma, as you, uh, as you indicated earlier, uh, uh, there are, uh, programs and products for them to go through their own recovery. What, what the, what the partner rarely recognizes is as they drop that on their uh, partner's lap and say, this is something that I've been dealing with. Um, even though that moment can be a huge alleviating kind of uh, breath of fresh air to like come clean and say, okay, just, I feel like I finally got it off my chest in that very moment of kind of that healing process for that person. Mm-hmm. It begins the weight for the other person in some cases. So that's a real thing. And they have to go through their own recovery, even though they didn't struggle with pornography, there is a recovery process for betrayal trauma. And so sometimes it requires both individuals to go down their own recovery paths in order to find the, the, the most fulfilling recovery possible. And there are programs for that. One that we love, uh, uh, you know, there, there are many regionally based and locally based. You can check out whatever is available in your communities uh, for, for sex addiction therapy, for betrayal trauma and support group therapy. Um, but, uh, there's an online one called bloom and it's bloomforwomen.com uh, for betrayal trauma. And it's a very powerful one. It's an online base, um, for the individual that's struggling. If they're not, if they don't feel like they're quite ready for like a therapy and like, they're like, well, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they are, there's a powerful tool that can kind of start them in the recovery process called fortify. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you have a part of that, which is amazing. Yeah. Fortify is an app. It's a, it's a desktop experience. So it's online, but there's tens of thousands of people from, uh, over 155 countries coming together, wow. transforming and supporting and helping. So you don't feel alone. There's strong, uh, you know, comprehensive, uh, um, training and, and curriculum and material that you can kind of, uh, gain knowledge and understanding and tactics and strategies to overcome. And there's a lot of like data, real-time data, everything from day, daily tracking data, just find patterns and, and see where the most vulnerable situations are so you can avoid them, uh, to uh, risk factor inventories so that you can mm-hmm. see you know, what things might be leading to the compulsive patterns in your life and start to address those, as well as uh, you know, outcome measurement or wellness, uh, well-being measurements that show you kind of your trajectory of growth and in happiness and depression and, and hope and whatnot and, and shame. So, 
So this is all real-time data that is gathered over time, and you can kind of start to really visualize your progress over time. And you can also invite your spouse or anybody else that you're working with so that they can take a part of that recovery and have their own dashboards and see the progress. And you can share, you can decide how much you want to share with each of those allies. We call them allies. So, so Fortify, and that's found at joinfortify.com or it's downloadable on, uh, on uh, iOS and Android. Um, but uh, you know, Fortify is a, a powerful tool to kind of get started. And it's also a powerful tool to kind of enhance the recovery process, even inside of a therapeutic uh, group or aftercare experience. So uh, there's a lot of tools and there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, religious organizations that provide support yeah. uh, uh, and check, check out what, what, uh, what your congregations might provide or what, um, what you might have available to you in your communities. Uh, but there are so many people recognizing this issue and developing powerful, powerful tools uh, yeah, and, and programs, and just seek what is going to fit you best, and start that process. And and it can be, it doesn't have to be dreary, it doesn't have to be weighty, it doesn't have to be kind of this this chore of a process. It can be empowering and even fun, if I might say so. It can even be fun and a, and a journey <laughs> of yeah. lasting freedom. And it's and it's uh, it can be a powerful and exciting one. That's awesome. It's awesome that there's that that you guys have created that because. It's so important to have to know that other people are in this with you. And I think sometimes it can confine you can feel confined to the, you know, your room, your space, like your home. This is me, my issue when I'm alone doing this. But the truth is there's so much so many people out there struggling with the two that are there and willing to support you through it. And I think that there's so it that there's such a beauty in that, that there that there can be a community where there isn't shame amidst the community, but rather people empowering and encouraging one another and helping each other along the journey. And also just for the other, the other person in the situation, the dating situation, that they're, there are resources for them as well. Like you mentioned Bloom and that that's incredible because I think for men and women, they, they on the other side of it also need to have those resources too. So can I just ask you, do you like to wind down with some wine every once in a while? What about some wine delivery? I mean, I'm raising my hand over here. I would not complain about some wine delivery. So there is this incredible company called Wink that actually customizes your wine preferences and handpicks four bottles of wine just for you and delivers them to your front door every month. It's pretty much a wine club, but it also happens to be one of the easiest to use and also the number one rated with no cancellation fees. They also exclusively sell summer water, which is my favorite rosé. So when you sign up, they have you take a palate test. Maybe you don't really know what you like in wine, so this is great because it will help you figure that out. Or maybe you do know what you really love, so this will help you discover more wines that are perfect for your developed taste. They ask you questions like, how do you like your coffee? Strong and black, of course. Or how do you feel about salt? Do you like mushrooms or truffles? From there, they recommend four bottles just for you. But don't worry, you can also customize it to whatever you like, you guys. They deliver all four bottles to your door free of charge. Each month, you get four different bottles, but you can modify or skip any scheduled order. You can also cancel any time with no issues. Their bottles start at just $13, so they're really nice. And today, you guys, you can get Wink for $25 off, which is basically like two bottles of free wine. Yes, please. 
To get this amazing promotion, you can go to trywink.com slash HOD podcast. That's trywink, W-I-N-C dot com slash HOD podcast. And if you're questioning this at all right now, I just want to ask you, this would be incredible for a date night, don't you think? So why not? Just a quick question. I'm just wondering, Clay, because it's hard in dating, right, to to know when the right time is. And there's no right or wrong answer to this, but I'm just curious. It's hard to know when to bring this up, you know? And so some people are like, oh, bring it up. <laughs> let's bring it out, air all air all the dirty laundry from the beginning. And some are like, no, let's keep it. Let, let me just keep this to myself for a while. Do you have any thoughts on like or anything you've noticed in your experience on when the right time is to bring this up to someone if if it's a struggle. Yeah. So this is just gonna be me. This is just me. Yeah. Take it. You're uh, totally. It, there's no right or wrong answer. It's no just opinion based. Yeah. Steady indicating when this should. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it should be the first date. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I that I've seen that happen, or I've heard of that happening on the first date, where saying like, "Hey, I need to ask you if you struggle pornography." It's kind of not the right time. It's not the right moment. You're 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 getting to know like. Uh, what color you like and where you're from and how many kids, you know, how many siblings do you have? That, that's kind of conversation you're yeah. saying that person. Like, do, I, do you like cats or dogs? Yeah. Do you, do you like yeah. Dogs? <laughs> like, you know, uh, pulp or non-pulp, chunky or smooth. Like, so uh, it's just going to yeah. be really uh, foundational. Like, do I even want to see you again? Kind of conversation. Yes, exactly. And, and, and so I would say, that there's a lot of that in the, in the early stages of dating, when you're hanging out or going on official dates and you're just kind of getting known another. Once you get to the point where you want to take this into a relationship that is perhaps more, um, uh, you know, you, you want to take this into you uh, a more serious realm, whether that's right. more exclusive with that individual, or it could yeah. even happen prior to that in the sense of like, I'm really starting to like you. I'm really starting to get uh, to a point where like I, I could see us uh, developing a relationship here mm-hmm. moving forward. And, uh, and I feel comfortable talking to you about deeper issues and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things that, um, uh, in my life and the life I want to have. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, the right time can manifest itself within mm-hmm. that realm. Um, and, and I think that if you're, if you're looking to go more serious with that individual exclusive, like, okay, let's, let's call each other girlfriend, boyfriend, kind of a thing yes, level exactly. of, of commitment. I think DTR yeah. define the relationship. As I say, what yeah. is this? Are we, is this a thing or what? Um, yeah. <laughs> if that, if that comes up, I think that having that conversation, uh, when that comes up, I think having a conversation either in that moment or shortly after or around that time, don't force it, let it be natural, mm-hmm. but, but have that conversation to say, look, again, some of what we talked about, like I, I, I'm not comfortable with, with, uh, um, the person I'm with viewing pornography. I, based on the research, based on what I know, based on how it's impacted people I know uh, or how it's impacted me in the past. I don't, I don't want that a part of our relationship. If that's something you struggle with now or, or, or have struggled with, I, I would like to be open with them and it's a safe environment. So in that mm. early stage where they, you know, uh, they, they feel like they can be open to you. I, that, that's a, that's a really good time to do it. So not at the very mm. beginning, but definitely don't wait until the altar uh, yeah. Or, you know, I would agree. marriage, which I hear of all the time. Like, like, Ooh, you know, yeah. got married two months in, I found out and we had never talked about it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's difficult. Deep into Ooh. that commitment. And, um, and he's been holding on to that that whole time. So, or he or she has been holding on to that. So again, 
early on, but not too early. Yeah. I think it's good. Like in my opinion too, like when there's some level of, of commitment, if you, if you, because being vulnerable, I always say being vulnerable can be very intimate and it can make you have a, it can, it breeds connection being vulnerable. And that is a vulnerable thing to share with someone. So making sure it's in a safe place, whether if you want to commit, if you're in some sort of committed, maybe it's right after you became exclusive, then maybe that's a safe time to share that with them. Or when you know that that is the intention or that's the step that you're taking is towards exclusivity, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. Um, But yeah, in the beginning, I would say I would agree with you. And again, there's not a hard and fast rule to this. I just think it's like, you really need to discern what's best for yourself and, and protecting of your heart, but also don't want to wait and hide it to the person. Cause that can feel a little bit, um, yeah, I could feel, they could feel blindsided later yes. on if they, if they don't find out. Um, I'll just add one more thing to this and say, yeah, like, you know, some people might say, well, I, you know, I, you know, you could ask that you could also ask them if they have you know, diabetes or you could ask them if they've, you know, you know, there's a number of things that you could ask them to find out things, but maybe it's not that important. It's just in the laundry list of things that, that might be enough. I would say this issue, uh, perhaps more than any other issue that you might be curious about, this has the potential of really uh, devastating relationships and intimacy and love. So this is not just like, you know, think about asking them what kind of, you know, what blood type they have or what this and that. No, no, no. Yeah. This is something that is, that is pivotal to a healthy relationship, meaning its existence in a relationship or not. And, and therefore, Totally agree. Make sure, make it a priority to have that conversation and, 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 uh, in a healthy, safe place without judgment and shame, uh, discover together what, where that is and, and where their opinions are. Cause they might have the opinion of like, it's fine. It's no big deal. What's the big deal. You need to, you need to change your attitudes and perspective around this topic because everybody does it. And, um, uh, if you just understood this, we would, if you just kind of got off your, uh, your, uh, opinions on this, you know, we'd be fine. See, that's kind of like, oh, I didn't know that. Maybe that's going to make me reconsider this relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So totally. Again, don't don't make it a priority, but make it natural. Yeah, and I think just I know we already went through this at length, but I think that's something that's so important too, and just something I've experienced or had conversations with friends about is when it is brought up, whenever it is, um, that then now it's been brought to light. Don't just put it back to, to rest. Don't like have it, it, it's brought to light. And then, okay, now we're both afraid to talk about it ever again, you know, because that I see happens a lot where right. the the male or the female admit to their struggle with pornography and then, okay, it's on the open. I, I never want to talk about it again. And yeah. both parties are maybe afraid like to bring a it up. Box. Like I did that. Yep. Did it, got it out. Cool. Now we can move forward. No, it's a, and it should not be that way. Dialogue from that point forward. Yeah, and it's so in, important. Helping each other. Checking in, exactly, helping each other, making sure both parties have their, their their own separate resources and can come together and talk about it as well. Yes. And I think there's different aspects of that. And this gets into, I mean, we don't have to go into all these details, but there's levels of like feeling what is comfortable for you guys and how frequently it's discussed and brought up. Um, and I think that's something you guys can probably navigate together. Yes. You know, because it probably doesn't have to be a daily discussion together. Yes. And, and I think you're hitting on a very important point. A, you guys figured out uh, as to to what that needs to look like from that point forward. If if one person I need a daily check in, well then let's talk about that and 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 let's find that healthy spot for you guys. However, I will say this um, to the individual that is struggling: 
there is within recovery, any recovery program or whatever, it's going to talk about disclosure. It's going to talk about the importance of getting things out. And so there is this, this, um, tendency for the individual struggling to, um, want to say everything like, uh, you know, kind of unload all things, all thoughts, all behaviors, everything out uh, to that individual. Um, and although disclosure can be incredibly healing and it's a part of that process, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to disclose everything to that person in detail and graphic detail, because it may not be healthy to do so. So yeah. there are levels and boundaries at which like, uh, of, of disclosure, not to withhold anything, but to, uh, to anything that, that, you know, it's not like saying like, Oh, I've been struggling with this for a month versus like 10 years. Like that's, that's, right. that's something that needs to be discussed. But as far as the detail or the level of like, um, uh, you know, make sure like you find a level of disclosure. Yeah. yeah. You find an ally or an accountability partner that can be with you that you can be fully open with. And that may or may not be your partner because it may not be something that they can deal with at that time. And it right. might be the he- most healthy relationship. Uh, we've heard a lot of uh, spouses say like, you know, I, I can't know all this because it's, it's pushing me further deeper into this hole of despair and it's affecting mm. me. So I need you to disclose, but I need you to disclose with someone else. And I need yeah. me. I just need to know, you know, periodically from time to time, you know, this little bit or this little bit, like how you like a check-in, a check-in. Yeah. like, you know, you know, are you doing okay today? Those kind of moments. But as far as the graphic details, um, it, it may or may not be the best person to, to bring into that world with you because of how close it is to home for them. Uh, yes, because it, they they have a hard time separating themselves from feelings of inadequacy, feelings of of you know, whatnot. Yeah. So uh, uh, be aware of that as you as you talk to that individual, and and it's and 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 you might need to expand your team of allies to to really overcome this. So good. Oh my goodness. So good. Um, Clay, this has been awesome. What an incredible conversation we've had today on just from everything, you know, you know, last time talking about the science behind porn and then today really just going into how it affects dating. This is something that so many people need to hear. And I'm just so thankful for you and your time and your willingness to share your expertise on the subject, to share what you guys do at Fight the New Drug and through Fortify and, and everything. So I just want to thank you because yeah. I have learned so much from this conversation. And I know that the listeners have learned a ton from this. And I, I just really hope that this is something that people can walk away from and say, wow, okay, I'm so, I'm ready to have these conversations. I'm ready to think about it in a different way and, um, excited to kind of conquer it. So just thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. It's been a this is awesome. And just, I want everyone to know where they can find you. So they get on Instagram, on online, like where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, obviously fightthenewdrug.org and, and joinfortify.com. Uh, yeah, we're on all social media platforms and so you can find us and follow us on those, uh, and be a part of it. You know, ultimately this is about changing a cultural and enormous cultural understanding on this, changing the conversation. And so we produce things, articles, videos, content, material that you can then take and spread into your networks of people. And that's how we're going to make change where it's going to be a groundswell of information and knowledge. And, and, uh, and we're seeing that happen uh, all over the world. And, and uh, so uh, join the so fight, exciting. join the movement. Love it. Okay. Before we go one, one last thing, I've been asking everyone the same question and it can be really short, whatever you want to say, which is just your, what is 
What is one line or one, a few lines, whatever you want, piece of dating advice that you have for the listeners? Um, you know, the dating environment has changed so much I know. Uh, over the years. Uh, you know, uh, the introduction of technology to bring people together, yeah. uh, it, is, it is so different today. But this is, this is perhaps, um, I think, all the answers that you know, others have shared with maybe, you know, honesty, vulnerability, mm-hmm. commitment, all those things are going to be so important. And yes, mm-hmm. within dating, within any, any relationship, those are going to be profound. But here's uh, a little uh, less profound and maybe a little more practical um, advice. And that is, uh, um, I always used to think of this. So I, I don't know if you knew this about me. Well, I'm sure you didn't or anybody <laughs> listening to this didn't. Um, I used to do wedding videos. Uh, oh, wow. I did not know I, that. I know you said for, mentioned you had work in videography yeah, and everything. So that's cool. I paid for my schooling. I paid for everything through producing films. Wow. Uh, and wedding cool. videos was my jam for a while. And, um, and so I produced these wedding videos and I would always do interviews with the couple's uh, as they, uh, you know, uh, telling their story about how they met and what happened and whatnot. And then they, um, and then they, you know, later found love and got married. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so I, when I started dating my now wife, um, I, I, I had done all these wedding videos and I had heard all these stories, um, of how things came to be. So I took, um, and this is, this is maybe contrary to, to a lot of people's opinions and I, and I think that they're fine. Uh, but I took my first date with any girl, first date, I took it very seriously. And you know why? Yeah. Because I knew that if that girl were to be the one that I ended up with, I would tell that first date story uh, in my wedding video. And I'd tell it the time yeah. of how we met. And so I wanted it to be good. I wanted it yes. to be really powerful. And I wanted it to be unique. I didn't want to go um, bowling because then she would come home and she would kind of think like, okay, um, I'll take that memory of bowling with clay and I'll put it into the, you know, the massive chest of other memories of bowling with so-and-sos and it won't yeah. out at all. And so I've I, been on bowling dates. <laughs> my, I put a lot of emphasis on my first date and I always wanted it to be very unique so that like when they thought of, you know, that thing, when they thought of doing that thing or going that place, it was, it was like, I was the only person that came to mind because I was the only person that did it for them. So like sticking out in a memorable way on that first date, because I knew I'd be repeating that in my wedding video someday and to my friends and other times. So, uh, that's awesome. So yeah, it's make a good first impression. It really is that that, right. You want to make a good memorable first impression. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cause a lot of times we dilute first dates so much to just be like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a coffee date, but yeah, yeah, we don't have enough memorable dates. So that's really good. I love that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Clay, that was amazing. Well, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm I'm just so excited to see the conversations that are going to start from our conversation today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I am sure y'all have lots of thoughts right now. I know I have a lot of thoughts right now. And let me just be real. I have not handled this issue well before in prior relationships. This episode really helped me to see that we have to remove shame and separate the addict from their behavior. There are ways to partner and support one another in relationships that are burdened by porn addictions. To those struggling, there are tons of helpful resources out there like Fortify to help you along. And then also go check out Fight the New Drug. I also highly recommend some strong accountability and also encourage you to be brave when you share your struggle. To those who have a partner who is struggling, my recommendation is to remove shame. Take it away from your thoughts entirely. 
try to have some more love and encouragement, and I know that's hard. Also, there are some great resources out there like Bloom that you can utilize to speak to others who might be having the same thoughts you are having. To both parties, I'm not saying this is easy for either one of you. I just believe it's possible to work together to provide a safe place for discussion that is shame-free and hopeful. I'd love to hear what you guys thought about this episode today with Clay. So if you want to go deeper on any further episodes about this topic, please feel free to email me at heartofdatingpodcast at gmail.com. I really hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and just feel like you know so much more about this topic. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.